0: perfect for a moment to unwind and so when you want to hit reset reach for the beer that's made to chill get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart Coors Brewing Company Golden Colorado and as always celebrate
1: Abner Mares is a world champion boxer Olympian sports commentator and most importantly dad to two little girls Beloved by Abuelas and hardcore fans alike, Abner is a pro at entertaining the world both in and out of the ring. On Blue Wire's new podcast, On the Hook with Abner Maras, we'll hear from Abner, his family, fellow athletes, and other people who made him the boxer and man that he is. They'll chat about topics like the state of boxing, Abner's American dream, and being a husband and a girl dad which is pretty rad. Listen to On The Hook with Abner Mahrez wherever you get your podcast. Episodes in English are out on Tuesdays and episodes in Spanish are out on Wednesdays.
0: Hi, this is Ruben this cheek I'm Pat Nevin. I'm Mason Mount. You're listening to the London is Blue podcast. All right, Chelsea fans, welcome back to another episode. What is this, the sixth episode this week of the London is Blue podcast? <laughs> I mean, I was talking with someone on Twitter, actually. I was like, you're about to become a daily podcast, and I was like, oh shit, we might accidentally, probably getting close to weekday podcast, so anyways, I hope you're all enjoying it as much as we are. As always, your host Brandon, joined by Nick and Dan, gentlemen. Um, Nick, I think, you know, outside of, you know, no social life and and flexibility at the job, we are, are not really holding back this season, and, and we just announced we're going to add even more content with Tweeds, which is apparently tis the season for more content.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I honest to God, am, am stunned that so many of you listen to every episode. Not because I don't think we do a good, like, I think we do a good job. I think it's fun and entertaining. It's just like, you guys are committed, man, because we're, we're throwing everything at you that we got. <laughs> and uh, and Tweeds, on top of that, you know, if, if you're a longtime listener of the show, uh, is going to add even more depth and breadth to our content. And so you are, uh, you're in for a treat. You got Matt Law. You got Naz Kinsella, You got a whole bunch of folks, Dan. I mean, this is... It's a wild year.
2: Got Phil, with uh, also known as Chelsea Youth, going on the Academy. Correct. We're working on bringing someone in for going way more in-depth on the Chelsea Women's team. So there's just... There's a lot. There's a lot of content there. And look, we have to compete against Mandalorian Season 2, The Boys Season 2, Borat 2. Like, there's a lot of competition out there for eyeballs and earballs. And Very ultimately, nice. we're... We are still... <laughs> God damn it. I mean, we are still I, I, I set him up. I, I I had to realize the moment I said Borat, Nick was going to jump in. Well, Anywho, I Brandon, we got a match preview. I know I, I'm going
0: to jump back. Like. in. So as you know, it's Friday by the time you're listening to this, which means Chelsea have a match over the weekend. So we're going to be doing a Burnley match preview and we'll be talking about Burnley start to the season. See how terrible they are. Uh, Lampard's info, uh, what to expect from the side, right? So based on what he said at the presser, what can we take and read out of that? Uh, and then predictions on the starting 11s and score lines, and three reasons why, which I'm glad my invention is back and kicking. I I feel like it was uh, is missed. So um, as as we go into this right away, looking at Burnley, they've had what you might call a shocking start to the season, Daniel. Uh, they, they lost... To Spurs, right? Which you'd probably expect. Uh, then they've, uh, moving back in the season, drew a West Brom, which by the way, really tough team, that West Brom. They're really coming on strong this season. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, then they lost 3-1 to Newcastle. Uh, they lost 1-0 Southampton, and they've lost back at the end of September uh, 4-2 to Leicester. So just overall, is not been great, Dan.
2: Well, it's the absolute opposite of a side that at one point last season was in the proximity of european places was looking at the hey we're a mid-table club that's potentially going to be in the top 10 you know top eight and maybe try to do something here you know sean dyche has always been a bit of a pragmatist at heart and (laughs) manages a side that is quite compact quite uh, and definitely likes to grind out results and this start to the season, they have had some injuries to players like Ben Mee, who's been a stalwart in their back line for multiple seasons. That definitely doesn't make his job any easier. But when you think about it, they have one of the best goalkeepers from last season in the league, in Nick Pope, who kept him in a lot of games last season. And this, this start, Nick, has not been sharp at all. It's been very, very flat.
1: Sean Dyche makes Steve Bruce look like Pep Guardiola. In, in tactical <laughs> formation. I mean, it is, you know, th- this is your classic route one, defend like your life depended on it, nasty challenges all over the field team. I, this is who they are. This is who they've been. In some Premier League seasons, it's been to their extreme credit because, you know, it's it's like in college football when you play a team that runs the option and you, you haven't seen the option because you're used to, you know, teams spreading it dollar over the field, uh, you know, you're not used to it. But uh, in this Premier League, I think they're going to struggle. The The offenses this season are scoring at such a high rate that even their best defensive effort, Brandon, it, it seems to be falling short. And, I mean, certainly losing 1-0 to Spurs is not a discredit to them. Spurs are playing pretty well at this point of the season, but – uh, they, they can't really score either, which is a problem. And so, you know, you look at the results and it's like, man, they're, they're negative goal diff. They haven't won. They have one point on the season, I think. Tough. So
0: they are 0.6 goals scored per match, 1.8 conceded. Hmm. So that's a negative equation, a recipe for relegation, actually. Uh, to your point, they they have a point, a single point. They drew, uh, drew against West Brom, like we'd mentioned. So, from their statistical standpoint, not great. They only have one clean sheet. We, the mighty clean sheet FC, have two. Okay, in your face, Burnley. So, wow, a, a lot of catching up to do there. Uh, look, uh, what's weird though is they're creating point eight chances per match. We're creating point six seven. So let's see how it goes. But I, I'm not that that worried. Um, which is probably why we're gonna make some overstatements, play on Saturday, have some some interesting things to talk about on Sunday. But I I just I know they're down by by West Brom in the table. You just you, you can't imagine a repeat of that happening, especially with Chelsea coming off of three clean sheets and um some, some positive draws. It just comes back to again of Squad rotation, lineup, how it's going to go. Thankfully, Lampard said we have, what, Keppa injured? Everyone else is healthy? Maybe not 100%. People are tired. But Burnley, they have five injuries. So, Johan Berg, Gudmundsen just hit the treatment table. Um, but Then they've got Phil Bardsley, Eric Peters, Ben Mee, Jack Cork all out as well. So, again, just... It just helps us, right? We were already deeper than them, but the more changes they have to make, and the more they have to kind of dig into their bench, it's just better for us. And look, I'm sure you guys remember the three nothing win at Burnley, August 29th of 2009, or maybe the epic two three loss on 12th of August 2017. Uh, overwhelmingly, we have a really good record against Burnley, which which honestly would make you feel good about going into this, Nick. But you know, overall, going into this is. It, it just seems too easy for us to walk into this and be like, yeah, we're going to win 4 one. It's going to be great. We're going to roll them. Surely knowing Sean Dyche is the manager means they're going to be hard to beat. That is literally what he has built his resume on. It's not pretty. It's just effective.
1: Yeah. I mean, one of two things will be true, right? Either they're going to continue their terrible form or they're due. And I don't know which one it is. Like, I think that's the, the catch. In, in the Premier League, especially with Chelsea having played midweek in the Champions League and, and clearly Burnley are not a Champions League uh, level side, um, they'll they'll be more rested coming into this. Now, obviously, they're more injured, so that, you know, plus one, minus one. But uh, I think, you know, Dan, Dan, when you look back at last year's performances, I think one of the consistent facets of our, our 7-2 victory on aggregate with them we overwhelm the midfield and we press their defenders, and we'll get into why and what we predict happening in a, in a minute. But those were the two qualities that I remember distinctly. Um, and you know, pool of six goals, two of them came on on turnovers and pressing in the midfield. So, you know, that seems to me like the recipe if you're going to beat them.
2: Well, it just takes advantage of what we've actually built upon in this season. You know, think about the fact that attackers last season included William, included Pedro, uh, and you know, included, I mean, to, to his credit, Tammy as a, it was, yeah, I think, very exceptional last season, you know, 18 goals. Um, yeah, this this is a side that can be got at very clearly. You know, I think the way that, that Lester plays, you know, even the way that Spurs play right now, show you that there is an easy kind of path forward here if you're willing to take the attack to them. And and especially when not having their first choice center back pairing available, makes it even more of a a remit for Frank to just say, tell the attackers to try and shred, try to blow by him, try to find the ball that's going to kind of potentially go over the top and play you in versus trying to be really cute about it in the midfield. Like we just need to be very fast and efficient in our our execution.
0: Well, I tell you what, they, they are going to sit back, defend deep. I can't imagine anything else other than that. There's a chance maybe that they come out and try to press, but I don't know why, why, why would you do such a thing when, when a nil nil draw for you is essentially a victory. And I think that's what they're going to set up for. They're going to set up for going for a point and, and trying to get out of it. So um let's go ahead uh we're gonna take a quick break when we're back it's gonna be all about the chelsea updates from the presser and then we're gonna get in our predictions all right starting 11 why we're gonna win predictions all that fun stuff so thanks to these sponsors for uh supporting the show financially thank you to jeremiah ludicrous for these sick beats to make it even better we'll be right back Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com forward slash podcast. This is their best available offer anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com forward slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through September 30th.
1: Fellas, 2020 has made it hard for us to stay as hygienic as we should be. Luckily, our partners at Manscaped have made it easier to do just that. Manscaped is on a mission to change the grooming game with their below-the-waist grooming and hygiene products, and they just released their products in the UK, Canada, and Australia. As I'm the hairiest person on the show, Brandon and Dan both elected for me to do this editing. But to their chagrin, I actually own Manscaped products already, including the Lawnmower 2.0 trimmer. But they have gone and done even better. The Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer offers a replacement ceramic blade with advanced skin-safe technology, which helps to reduce grooming accidents, which is a very good thing. The waterproof technology also allows for you to groom in the shower and for up to 90 minutes. They also just released their Shears 2.0 nail kit, which is the perfect add-on to the Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer. Their perfect package comes with two free gifts and other liquid formulations to complete your grooming routine. These formulations are all vegan, cruelty-free, dye-free, sulfate-free, and paraben-free so that you know you're in good hands. They even have a crop reviver to keep you fresh in the steamiest of conditions. Their foot duster, foot deodorant is so good that it can reduce even the odor of the smelliest, dirtiest feet. All of this means that in the middle of the summer, with peak humidity, that you're doing everything you can to stay fresh. Use the code blue and get 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com. If you want to do a better job of grooming, all you have to do is go to their site, hit a few buttons on your phone, and you will change your life for the better. Get 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com with the code LONDONISBLUE, all one word. Upgrade your grooming routine with the luxury products
0: of Manscaped. Okay, Lampard's press conference. I love it when it's on a Thursday because it actually gives us a chance to react to it versus us uh, making some wild predictions on a Thursday night and Lampard comes out and nixes everything on a Friday. So uh, played into our hand. Appreciate you, Lamps. So,, uh, yeah, he said a few different things. Uh, i'm I'm gonna pick one out, and I'll let you guys kind of pick one as well. Um, and I think that we uh, we can just go from there. So, look, i'm gonna I'm gonna take the easy one, right? Lampard on the four, three three versus the four, two, three one. the hot topic. He said, quote, it is something that has served us well at times last year. We changed at times last year with three at the back and four, two, three one. When you bring players with versatility in the game, then you're trying to find balance to bring the best out of the players, end quote um politician answer my gosh <laughs> like things, set, or maybe maybe up. he's being strategic <laughs> i might play 3 at the back i might play 4 at the back i might play with 11 players you just never know <laughs> come on man that that answer is saying uh it's a lot of words without
1: saying a lot right there <laughs> honestly
0: like that's we a- we just want him to be like you know, and i got he doesn't want to give away his hand and i get that but like privately him, Jody, Joe, they got to be having this conversation. Like the tactics boards better be set up with the fricking four, three, three going into this one. And like plan B should really be about a three, five, two. If like all hell breaks loose and we got to attack with six at the end. So um I, look, if it's not a four, three, three, Dan, tendering my resignation.
2: <laughs> wow. Okay. We need to clip that one out, Jake. We need I didn't to make say sure what to,
0: I could be <laughs> <reasoning>
2: from anything. <laughs> Uh, resigning from I don't know we'll have to figure out what that is. Please fill in the blank. Tweet, tweet at us. What will what will Brandon be resigning from if he gets that incorrect?
0: Uh,
2: uh, I, you're right. You're right. It needs to be a four three three. It needs to be building upon what we saw at the end of the day. Krasnodar match. Krasnodar. Maybe. And we look. It's <clears> just good stuff going on there. I think the one thing that he did call out that was not a surprise in the press conference was that Silva is fit. That he is being, you know, a level of maintenance is being applied by Frank and the team to make sure that he stays fresh from a rotation standpoint. Which, a plus, because there have been periods under uh, Frank, in addition to other Chelsea managers, where players have been played into the absolute ground and churned into dust. That is not going to happen with Thiago Silva, thankfully, and him back in the lineup. I think is a really nice addition there. There, Nick, that was probably the one that stood out to me the most.
1: Yeah, and Silva shouldn't be the only one on that list. He he's certainly a, a different case, but you know, I think for anyone, Engolo Conte or anyone who's had an injury history, you got to be really, really careful. The season's going to be bonkers. I've said it a billion times. There there should be tactical rest given to players like your Mason Mounts or like your N'Golo Contes or Ben Chilwell, who went through some injury stuff last year. Don't overuse them right now. We got a long season ahead of us, so yeah, I, I thought that was good. Uh, the the one I'll pull out is it, it, kind of a weird one, and it's around Christian Pulisic. Uh, so Jesse Marsh of of RB Salzburg uh, in Austria, uh, American coach, obviously, um, has has done a really great job down in in, in at Salzburg, and uh, commented something. You know, and I'm paraphrasing here. You know essentially that Frank Lampard had a uh, was skeptical of Christian Pulisic because he was an American player which you know I think it, honestly it was Jesse putting his foot in his mouth a little bit to be to be fair but I think Jesse as a former U.S. men's national team player and a obviously a proud American coach uh, in, in Europe is probably just sticking up for his guy more than anything else and so Frank came out today and Put that right. I mean, he was asked by a journalist at the press conference, you know, if if you know, you know, Marsh was right, or if there was any sort of bias there, and he said, "I never doubted Pulisic," and he points to his time in the USA where he, you know, met a lot of great American players, blah 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 blah. But at the end of that, he's like, I'm, "I don't really even have to say this for anybody else, but I, I want to say it out loud for Christian because he needs to know out in the press that I have always believed in him." It's a completely unnecessary thing that happened uh, from Jesse Marsh, and, and frankly, I, as, as an, a fan of the U.S. men's national team, as hard as that is right now, I, I just I understand that there's anti-American bias out there. As an American, I get it, especially for players and coaches alike. But this didn't really do anyone any favor. So I think let's let's be smart about how we address these issues moving forward. I
0: mean, Weston McKinney's doing well, so. There's got some tons,
1: po- tons of yeah. great American coaches and yeah. players in Europe right now. Yeah. It's probably the best yeah, ever sh- that we've had. So it's sh- just
0: shout out to um, Cal on the Discord. He, we have a, a U.S. Men's National Team thread there, and he put together, uh, I think, a domestic lineup and uh, an international lineup as far as like where they play in their leagues. And it was really cool to see. And obviously it spurred a, a longer conversation. But again, we won't get into that now. Um, but I, maybe that's just a sample of what goes on in the Discord. Uh, a lot of really cool stuff talked about outside of the Chelsea realm. But um, that's pretty cool. So should we do some predictions?
1: Yeah, why not? Because so Go so well. <laughs> All right. We got well, called out by multiple people going, Haha, it's hilarious how wrong you are. I
0: know. And it is. It's a, look, I I don't do it for me. People of social media, we do it for you. All right, we do it. A good, uh,
2: it's a it's a thought exercise.
0: We, That's know.
2: really what it is. We're trying to stretch our brains a little bit, make sure that gray matter stays, you know, well worked, so that we uh we don't get uh, addled in our old ages.
0: It, you know, the other thing is there's there's two ways to approach a starting lineup too. What do you want, and what do you think is actually going to happen? So Correct. like. There's, there's two ways to kind of approach it. So, technically, if I predict it wrong, but we lose, was I re- really wrong or was I right? So, anyways, the tree uh, falls in
2: the forest, dot, dot, <laughs> dot.
0: So, starting 11. Uh, let's predict the Burnley lineup, shall we? No. Nope, just kidding. All right. Chelsea, it is. Um, let's go with Nick first because I think, well, there'll be plenty to chit-chat about.
1: And Nick was first in the script. Bam. Um... Mendy and goal. <sighs> perma starter. Big call. Big call. <laughs> look, look, man. At least I'm going to get that one right. Um, please don't get hurt between now and then. Please don't get hurt. Rhys <laughs> um, James, Thiago Silva, Kurt Zuma, Ben Chilwell. Seems like the first choice starting back four at this point. So, cool. Uh, a three in midfield. Alert. A three in midfield. N'Golo Conte, Mason Mount, Kai Havertz. Uh, essentially... In goal of Conte in two eights deployed, go, go forth. Mason Mount there to help win the ball of field. Kai Havertz there to do Kai Havertz things. Uh And then a front three of Christian Pulisic, hat-trick hero last year against Burnley. Timo Werner and Callum Hudson-Odoi on the right. I think Cal hmm. gets his, his second start in a row. I do not believe that Ziyech will feature twice in the same week for a little while
0: just knowing that it came off injury so that's my lineup all right well I think Zuma's gonna get a break but Dan you don't you have almost the exact same lineup which I think Nixon throws shade at you because he said he put his in first so was this like oh I gotta change one just to be different type of thing so like I didn't plagiarize (laughs)
1: teacher yeah, Dan, Dan just had to get like three answers
0: wrong after I mean, my perfect. Use the same bar and everything; like it looks like you copied and pasted it and then just deleted the last name.
2: <laughs> oh well, you know that's why you write in uh, pencil and then uh, overwrite in ink. Anyway, uh, yeah, I, I think the only change that actually I would make from Nick's lineup is I do think. Ziesh gets the start. I think Frank is going to want to try to. From the, from the thought process of Frank is going to want to try to build on getting this team gelled, getting the players who he's going to want to have play together most regularly the opportunity to connect with one another on the pitch. It's not because I I actually see 100% the merit that you're saying with Callum coming in, with Ziesh making sure that his fitness is maintained appropriately. I 100% Actually, that makes super logical sense, and I totally could see Nick's lineup happening. I could see my lineup happening um, in the realm of trying to get them the gel. I just can't see Brandon's lineup happening. So, I mean, really, I think Nick wins. I win, and Brandon is somewhere else.
1: You know, I was super tempted, Brandon, to put Tammy as my striker here, I only can
2: see
1: it. be only because Werner started so many in a row, yeah. and mm-hmm. we have a big one coming up midweek, so.
0: Yeah. Well, and that's part of it. It's just like, when do you rest them? You know, do you try to get some early subs in, but it's like, well, you kind of got to earn it at some point. There's not, you know, we didn't talk about that quote, but Lampard's like, yeah, man, it's like, thank gosh, we at least have five subs in the Champions League. He's like, I'm using all of them anytime I can just to Mm -hmm. get, you know, even if you get someone a 20 minute rest or whatever it may be, um, it's, it goes a long way. So I look, I have Bendy, Mendy and goal. I got Reese James because Aspie played last match. I got Tiago Silva because maintenance is completed, ready to go. Uh, I put Fick in there. So here's the thought. I think Zuma's played a lot of minutes. You got to rest him. And my it can't be Rudiger. He just played. He hasn't played at all this season, so he can't go two in a row. <laughs> and then it's like, I don't want to see Christensen. So I'm going to throw one in there and see if Ficao Tomori can get some minutes. I think Burnley is a good match for him to go into as well. We're going to have the majority of the possession. Um, he's going to be able to be on the ball a good amount and, you know, and we'll see. So I, I'm going to admit that's a bit of a punt, but I'll there's a right. reason why. That'd be yeah. rad. Um, Chilwell, again, he's played a lot of minutes, but it's like, well, you're not going to put in Alonzo. Are you for this one? So um, I'm just waiting to see when he gets a rest or, you know, how, how deep is his battery? We'll have to wait and see. Um, and Golikante, Kai Alvertz, and Mount. I think we all want to see that midfield again. Just wreck. Uh, Pulisic, he's, you know, hopefully Burnley's his bogey team. Um, he's very direct. We saw him go at the defenders and get in behind them many times. So hopefully he can continue to do that threat. Again, Timo Werner, I understand the fact. he Him, right, Zuma, Chilwell, ton of minutes lately. Even Kai Alvertz has had a ton of minutes I'm going to keep him in there until we get a glimpse that he's not ready to go. Uh, And then I did put Ziyech as well, but maybe for another reason rather than avoiding plagiarism. um, (coughs) His left foot, we talked about it in the match review, is so good. If Burnley are going to sit deep you need another option. And if they're sitting deep, you don't really need pace to get in behind. You need someone who can unlock it, have that creativity. If he can hit kind of a one, two at the top of the box and hit that Aryan Robin type curler to the far post, you know, a threat from out wide. I just think it's going to be a different option um, that hopefully can kind of unlock that Burnley defense if needed. Uh, So at least that's kind of where my thought is at on, on some of the personnel decisions.
2: Well, and I think the thing to keep in mind is and you know, Frank with this whole kind of comment around formations with talking about the four, two, three, one, this game is not made for that formation. For teams yeah. that are gonna sit back, you need players that are gonna be able to probe in, players that are gonna be able to play quick and fast passes. And I think what we saw, particularly with the, the triangles that were forming between Zuma, Kovacic and, and Jorginho in the last game. It, it, it will not work. You know, Krasnodar is going to, you know, and Burnley are actually not a bad comparison match for the type of football that they're going to want to play and how they're going to try to find us out. And so just copy and paste what worked. It was the last 29 minutes. And so... A four-three-three is going to give you the space you're looking for to try to find some goodness against a team that you know, as you'd like to talk about the the block nine there, <laughs> Nick. You know, just the the, uh, the uh, everybody kind of sitting back behind the ball and just allowing them to come at them, trying to win on a counter or win off a set piece. You have to be willing to kind of commit to attack.
1: Yeah, I mean, you, you need you need to win the midfield and control the ball and. If you have a Zuma or a Fikayo Tamori back there, you ha- like if Burnley are lucky enough to hit, you know, kind of a Route one type of ball, you're gonna have cover back there that's quick enough to get back. Because I think the only thing that scares me right now about this game is it's one of those classic. Chelsea have 74% of possession. We basically park our line at midfield you know, our back line at midfield and we're just kind of zipping it around. And unfortunately we're not yet good enough in tight spaces for that to be lethal. You know, for a lot of, you know, your Barcelona's of the world or your Liverpool's of the world, they're going to find that little pocket of space to do the damage. I don't think we're quite there yet. So what I would like to see is a little bit more balance. You know, we, we let them come onto us every once in a while just because they're not really a threat and then we, we were able to get in behind them, you know because mm-hmm. I think they're gonna they're gonna set up pretty defensively.
0: Yeah, I mean again, they they would love to double their entire tally of points this season from one to two. That would be a massive result for them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I guess as as a part of that, we can talk about maybe some players that were quote unquote afraid of aka threats from Burnley. Which I think this is hilarious, Dan, that you think their biggest threat is their goalkeeper. Clearly, yeah. you're not looking at it from an offensive threat. You're like, oh, Burnley's biggest threat is defensively.
2: Look, if you're <laughs> going to make it difficult to pull shots off on, you're going to have to convert with the maybe the limited opportunities we do get. Let's say you get into this game and we only average, we get six shots, seven shots, eight shots, three shots, four shots on target, you need a a conversion rate that's going to be pretty strong against that. And Nick Pope was able to stand up in several games last season, double-digit clean sheets in the Premier League last year. Yeah, I I totally think he's the player that I would be most afraid of because I think that Burnley are going to make it difficult to get off a shot, and so we have to convert the ones that we get. Absolutely.
0: Okay, well, uh, Nick, you and I have some agreement here in uh, one turd sandwich known as a striker for Burnley.
1: <laughs> yep, a bastard-coated bastard with bastard filling, Ashley Barnes. Ugh. Not a guy that I love. In fact, you could say the opposite. Um, hes He almost broke Nemanja Matić's leg, let's not forget. He's, uh, you know, I think made up of 99% shithousery. Um. But I will say this about him: he's a he's a battler. So Tiago Silva and whoever the partner is, I think Tomori. Zuma, most likely, um, they're gonna they're gonna have to be ready for a fight. I mean, he is a fist fight in a person. <laughs> so I I, I think now, I he don't,
0: runs with his fists clenched. Fist fight just, in a
2: person.
1: <laughs> I I just don't I don't think he's very good, which is <laughs> beneficial to us, but. I do think that if there is a little deflection or a poach opportunity for him, he's the type of guy that can put that in and, you know, really change the game. So I, I'm i not afraid of him for his talent. I'm more afraid of him for possibly breaking one of our players' legs and or getting one of our players sent off because they overreact to him. Look. This
2: is going to be a elbows an elbows and shins kind of game. Yes. There is going to be... Huh. A lot of shithousery that takes place. And look, it's it's their M.O., right? And I think this is an opportunity with some of the players we got in. I'm actually looking forward maybe Kai Havertz gets a little bit of dark arts going on. Ben Chilwell has played against Burnley before multiple times. He knows what to expect. Um, Zuma definitely likes to body people up. I'm okay with Mendy just absolutely throwing some punches. And, you know, he hits the ball, but maybe he knocks somebody else too. I don't know could happen
0: you thankfully you don't know dan my gosh two things though (laughs) i am trying to come up with what a sketch artist rendition of ashley barnes is based off all of nick's descriptions of him back then (laughs) because they were elaborate they were very descriptive like Bastard coated bastard, bastard filling, walking fist fight. Like just all these things. Um, it's like, a, like, a, like a,
2: a donut that's shitting out turd <laughs> with big, big old hands. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Anyways, that's so I, I was distracted by that. Um, but then the other thing is, you know, you guys talk about this, but they're kind of toothless this season. That was their MO, but it it hasn't come off this season they're actually like I've I not watched them obviously but I'm just based off of the results and the things we've read they look terrible this season like the normal bite and the fight and the 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 typical Burnley backs against the wall it's just it's not happening for some reason this season and so again they've had a week to repair right Chelsea traveled to Russia and back which is not nothing okay so you know again you would still think that we should be able to go take on a toothless Burnley but it's one of those things you just have to say like look there's every opportunity that they surprise us but man that would be a tough pill to swallow if we had to take on a Burnley side with one point all season and, I, and I, get not get out of there with three points.
1: I, I did watch their match against Newcastle because I was incredibly bored on a Saturday at two p.m. Central.
0: <laughs> it's probably one of the featured games too. Not even on Peacock because that's the way that season's going.
1: Yeah, um, they they were dominated for seventy minutes of the game, but they did have a period in the second half where they flipped it on and took the game to Newcastle. Actually, equalized before Newcastle got two late goals. So it is not as if they are you know, a championship side that that's come up and, you know, have no clue how to play. I mean, they're going to pose some threat. I don't think it'll be a very big threat, but they can turn it on for little blips. I will say that.
2: Well, so their match against Spurs, just as a, maybe a comparison standpoint. So they only had about 30, 38% of the ball. They yep. had four shots on target. They had 13 total shots. They had 15 tackles, 16 clearances, four corners, four offsides, two yellow cards, and nine fouls conceded. So I I do think the the news of a toothless. I think toothless is probably the wrong word. Maybe they're they're a little muted at the moment. So what is? Because they're not. Being on the ball. That's what I said. <laughs> but they are they're still conceding fouls, they're still getting yellow cards. So yeah, it's it's gonna be tough and tumble.
0: Tough and tumble. Is that the setting you put on your dryer?
2: <laughs> yeah, throw right, some look. rocks in there, let it bounce around.
0: <laughs> so I, I forget how far the trip was to Russia. Obviously it was a, a long flight. Five right hours. Okay. So they have a four and a half hour bus ride now to Burnley. Like, there is no turnaround time for this match. You know, you get back the wee hours of the morning to essentially today, Thursday probably didn't train, got some sleep, did some recovery, got on the bus and traveled to Burnley Friday. When you're listening to this, like there was no time. Okay. In between these matches, it's all going to be film and recovery. So again, just keeping that in perspective, I know Jurgen Klopp just came out and is slamming the Premier League for, uh, all the teams playing twice a week in December, but it's like, You knew that coming into it, but they have every right to complain about it. And it's like, if the, you know, Premier League has a lot to balance, it's a condensed season. This is kind of the situation, like Chilwell, Zuma, Overtz. These guys probably aren't training much. They're really just doing a lot of recovery, um, making sure they're, you know, able to get ready for the next match because it's only one to two days away every single time. So. You know, that that massive fatigue could be an issue. And I might actually be nice to have an international break if we didn't have to send all of our players. So, um all right, three reasons why Chelsea will win and then three reasons why Chelsea might drop points with a loss or a draw. So uh, starting off with a little bit of positivity, um, I said, attack! We should just go with them, right? If we just continue to just wave after wave after wave i don't see this burnley team being able to hold up to it um so i just think we should you know put put a pedal to the floor from the beginning and just attack the hell out of them uh dan your reason why
2: four three three it it, i think we all have something similar but it's allowing i guess if i were going to go deeper it's just putting the lineup together that gives us the best opportunity for success you know it's don't don't play the pivot don't try to be cute about it go at them like you said brandon and just make life difficult and i know i think nick you're you're pretty much the same in the same place plagiarist
1: yeah yeah balance for me i mean like the 433 provides this balance it provides a strong midfield it provides cover for our wingers if they want to get upfield or even our our fullbacks you know let's not forget our fullbacks are quite adventurous as well um and having Mason Mountain there with his exponential effort and chasing and pressing along with Kai Havertz's silky, smooth um skills, to me, it's just gonna be hard for Burnley to keep up with those two, let alone having someone like Werner playing off a shoulder and getting him behind. I mean, Burnley are not a fast team. like Werner is going to be a shock to their system, I think. And Adding Pulisic, adding Callum, you know, we should be able to get behind them if we have a balanced approach to this game. If we live in their final third and they never get out of it, it's going to be really hard to score.
0: All right. Well, if we are to play devil's advocate on ourselves a little bit, uh, a reason why Chelsea could lose or draw at Turf Moor, um, I'm I'm actually probably going to change mine based on what I just said a little bit ago. But Dan will start at the top <laughs> of the running order.
2: Uh, set piece gaffs. I don't think we will give them the luxury of many good opportunities on goal, and so whether it's confusion, whether it's someone mistimes a jump, mistimes a tackle. I mean, I think Mendy gives me so much more comfort being in the back there. But I mean, look, they'll take advantage of the opportunities they get, and dead ball situations near near or around the final third are going to be some of their best opportunities to score against us. So. Yeah, anytime they get a set piece, I will be nervous as hell.
0: All right. Uh, Nick,
1: down to you. I think it's a lack of concentration. I mean, I, I say this for a couple of reasons. One, if you remember our matchup there last year, Chelsea were 4-0 up cruising and let in two late goals that were completely stupid. So it can happen. Uh, second reason would be when you're living in the opponent's final third, it's kind of easy to switch off mm-hmm. <laughs> on the transition, right? So my hope is that everyone stays super locked in. I think Tiago Silva and, and Mendy help that obviously. Um, so I'm not as worried about that as I, I normally would be. But I think Chelsea have all the ingredients, all the tools to win this game comfortably. If they stay, you know, if they have really good concentration and they're they're clinical, it should be a walk in the park. If they don't, it's going to be tough.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I don't even remember what I had before, but I, I did change it to fatigue slash travel, just being leggy, playing at mm-hmm. 70%. Um, they may be physically recovered, but maybe they're not mentally recovered. Uh, you know, the quick turnaround, did they have enough time to prepare against Burnley? Do they have a good understanding of the way they play? Do they have a good understanding of the set pieces? So, um, that to me i think that's what i'm most worried about which is again it's a chelsea thing like we're, none of us are worried about what burnley can do we're all worried about what chelsea do and from the sounds of it it's it's down to chelsea to get all three points and if we don't we don't think it's because burnley earned it you know sometimes the pundits be like well credit to burnley we're not thinking that way. All right. And we're also very Chelsea centric, you know, so we're like, okay, they're yeah. not better than us, so the only way they can beat us is if we beat ourselves. So, um, you know, take that for what it's worth. Maybe we're too focused on Chelsea, but like, you know, please tweet at me and let me know where we're missing Burnley being this <laughs> wonderful football team. Oh, they sitting, will. Sitting in eighteenth place with one point, no wins. Like we're we're not a half and to half hear. scarf podcast, okay? Correct. We're Correct. Not. <laughs> Shout out to Gary Hayes because he has some cool ones from the Europa League. Uh, anyways, so uh, wrapping this episode up with some score predictions. The cherry on top. Who wants to go first? Who wants to throw their their name out there and start it off? Dan's bursting at the seams. Oh my gosh.
2: <laughs> well, I think we will continue the run of form with clean sheets and make this a trend. We are going to run it back, and we're going to win 2-0 over Burnley. Okay. <laughs> Nick. Nick's... For those not watching, Nick's eyeballs Ooh. went wide. You could <laughs> see more white in them than you anything else. And his... Wow. Yeah, that's, that's a shocked face if I've ever seen one.
0: <laughs> okay. Um, so...
1: I'll, I'll go with a, a 2-1 Chelsea win. I think it'll be tough. Um, I... I could see a little bit of Burnley desperation. They they gotta get some points on the board, I, otherwise it, it's gonna be a tough, tough go for them. Um, I, I do see Chelsea eking it out. I do see a Pulisic winner.
2: Ooh,
0: wearing him on, hat. on his shot. He's right there. Look at him. Look at that guy. Unbelievable. Okay, uh, I'm gonna go three one. I I don't think the clean sheet. We'll stick, but again, with all the fatigue and everything we kind of talked about, um, I, I would trade a goal for three points. All right. Throughout this time, we've had a few draws lately. Um, obviously, we beat Krasnodar, but duh. <laughs> like, no offense. <laughs> duh. So, again, I, I will trade a goal uh, if we can get all three points. And, uh, you know, look, the the Premier League table is getting busy. All right, it's we need to stay around the top as best we can. Um, you know, it's it's wild right now. We're we're down to tenth. You know, we were at sixth at our last match review, and since then, games that were played after we played, we're we're down to tenth again. But of course, you know, all we're only three points away from being in third. Right, so that's just how tight the table is still early in the season. Um, We we got to stay in and around, you know, one to two points off the top four. We need to get some goal difference in there. You know, we're at plus four. You know, we we should be pushing closer to to plus 10 to really make a statement. Um, And and this is an opportunity Chelsea have. You know, to your point, Nick, no rest, you know, no sleep for the wicked. We got to turn around and play another one, you know, the following week. So, again, it's like, can these guys focus on one match at a time and not get caught up on the... Kind of the relentless surge that that we're being stuck with right now. So we'll we'll have to see. Gotta have this one. I mean, well, eh.
2: and and to that to that point, just when you look at the other fixtures that are going on this weekend, you know, you have Liverpool playing a resilient West Ham, who will definitely give them the business. I think you also have you know man united versus arsenal that that could be a big game later on the season if one of those two teams is the one that drops points leads who've been surging or playing a lesser team that also is looking like they're finding some footing too and yeah i mean so there, there's plenty of matches here that are going to start to shift it might give us a little bit of breathing room if we can take advantage of a win this weekend
0: yeah interesting interesting set of results and or i'm sorry fixtures for the weekend so um, we'll we'll have to wait and see how all this stuff kind of shakes out. But, you know, I, I think we're all in agreement that huge three points on the line for us. Got to go get it. Uh, Wolves Crystal Palace kick it off on Friday. Um, so it should be somewhat entertaining. And then obviously Saturday we're, uh, we're after Sheffield and in, in Man City. So um, 10 a.m. kickoff East Coast time for you in the U.S. Uh, that would make it 9 and 7 a.m. for the rest of us across the country. Not bad, Dan, huh? You you probably enjoy a seven a.m. kickoff these days.
2: <laughs> it's it's much better than the four a.m. or four thirties. But there are also the people who have to like get up at two a.m. So I'm right. in other parts of the world. So of course, yeah, I, of course, I, I count my blessings where I find them. <laughs> yeah,
0: we can only speak to our personal situation. So all right, that's gonna no, wrap us up. You're wrong.
1: You're wrong on time. What? Uh, the Brits went into daylight savings time last week. Oh, so it you're is. right. It's 11:08. Yeah, it's 11, 10, 8, yeah,
0: yeah. Ah, well, there you go. Dan, even better. 8 look o'clock for Dan, look at that. Ooh. You can drink at 8, it's not socially frowned upon at 7, it is, though. I mean. Yeah, it's a hard cutoff.
2: Like <laughs> <laughs> right. Brandon Busby's rules to live by.
0: All right, Chelsea fans, that's going to wrap us up. Uh, up the blues on Saturday, all right? Hope you can engage Uh, with some fans digitally obviously we have a huge community on our patreon that do uh, wonders come match day in the discord um obviously you can try to uh, connect with us uh, on social media as well dan will be tweeting up a storm like always but uh we'll be back after that on monday with the match review um so look forward to that so that's gonna wrap us up so you know what to do, Chelsea fans. Or wait, let me see. Until next time. I don't even know. It's the 42nd episode. Oh, my gosh. gosh. i bundling wow. this. This is what I get for having too many episodes in one week. So, all right, Chelsea fans. I didn't even remember. <laughs> I completely <laughs> forgot. You so know what to do. to do. Someone else take you me out. You know what
2: but. to do. Keep a blue flag flying on.